This is Unexpected Beginnings, the neonatal unit. The first night I just got to the end of the corridor and that was it, I cried the whole way home. But it's the pulling yourself away, knowing you need to go home and get some rest, otherwise your milk flow won't be good enough. But you don't want to leave. I did the time because I thought, if I'm not there, the nurses will tell somebody and then I'll have this black mark against my name. Hello, I'm Caroline Verdon. And I'm Kerry Bickerdyke, and we're both neonatal parents. Whatever unit you are at, whatever neonatal ward at whatever hospital you are at, there will be provisions for parents and there will be things in place to look after parents. Leeds is quite special because it is a family integrated care centre, which means that there is so much there to try and make families feel more comfortable in in their time there Um, from a kitchen where you can make teas and coffees and you can get meals to uh, a lounge area where you can just sit down and chat you can room in and you know stay overnight should you need to and there are also lots of different peer support programs so in normal times before covid we have volunteers on the unit all volunteers have previously had a baby that's been in the neonatal unit and we run sessions from Beads of Courage. It's basically a journey milestones but displayed out in beads and every bead has a different meaning so you've got like a blood transfusion bead or even the smallest things like you know baby's had a, a good feed or baby's had a really good night you know you'll have a good night but there's also baby's had surgery it's just, it's just so you can see visually what your baby's been through. It's lovely because we can get parents talking together. If they don't want to talk, if they don't want to leave the baby's side, we can go to them. We also have like a, a little arts and crafts session, which is a coffee morning, really. But we do try and do some different activities. You know, we could do baby's length in string because you always know baby's weight, but you forget how big or small baby is. Having that string... You know, it's a, a nice little keepsake. Look, you, you know, you were this small when you were when you were born. It's so important to have all of these different things and to make the unit a place for family rather than just a place for a poorly baby. Breaks your day up as well. You know, it's, it's a very long day when you are just sat um, sometimes on your own at the side of that incubator. So definitely having that thing to look forward to and, you know, even going to the kitchen. It's on the unit, but it's a different room. Now, Jonathan Sutcliffe is a consultant paediatric surgeon at Leeds Children's Hospital, and he is so passionate about involving families. And he has a really personal reason as to why. Uh, it comes from just being a just a, a, a normal person, and we've got four kids. Um, we've had kids that have needed to have different things done in hospital. We had one child that was sick and was in resource for a while and we were overseas and we were so well looked after and a couple of things came out of that that I think probably influenced me anyway um one was uh, when she was in resource um the rest of our kids were outside in the waiting room and we're in the Netherlands and there's this really lovely lady that most people in the Netherlands speak English and she didn't. And she had Nora Batty wrinkled stockings and kind of went around the waiting room um, offering, the way she said toasties was toasties. And she'd just go around and she made sure 
the people that could eat got food. And and our kids felt looked after. And then the other thing was somebody said, look, you, you don't live here. Where are you going to stay? My phone was on 2%. It was after midnight. And they said, look, we've got a, um, we've got hospital accommodation. Um, we'll get a security guy to give you a, a lift. And this security guy said, you guys will be hungry. This is the best pizza place around here and they'll deliver. But if they don't speak English, here's the phone number to contact me and I'll help. I mean, the whole stay felt like that. You know, if OBS were supposed to be done at about one o'clock, they were done at about one o'clock. And you got the sense that that meant that there was precision and there was humanity all the way through. So um, I, I took a few different things away from that when I came back to the UK. If you look after the family right, then the person that you're treating directly, your neonatal patient, hopefully they'll get the right outcome. There'll be less baggage for their sibling. Uh, and I think quite a lot about this with children with um, NEC whose siblings have been around this stressed family for a while. And I've noticed if the families are functional, then those children often grow up to be really empathetic, caring. But if you've got a stressed family that is less functional, then those siblings, I don't know, I'm assuming they feel excluded, but sometimes it goes the other way. And so my point about everybody being equally important is that I kind of think, well, look, let's focus, sure, on the person that we've got to do the operation on and make decisions for and take care of afterwards. But let's also think about the families under that degree of stress. Having those facilities as well allows you to take time out to recharge and I know that was something I was really terrible at. I, despite being quite a creative person, despite loving beads and jewellery and loving arts and crafts and, you know, loving memory boxes for the kids, I didn't get involved in a single thing because at the time I just felt like I was on a treadmill. I didn't want to take a single break. I didn't want to focus on a single other thing. And retrospectively, isn't hindsight a wonderful thing? Um, not taking those breaks, I think really caused me to mentally burn out. But also, um, I think it caused me physical problems too, because I was poorly and I had various operations and I just wasn't recovering from them. And I was on all sorts of drips and I don't don't even know how many different antibiotics. Um, but with my, you know, zero years of medical school training, um, I bet that constantly being on the go and constantly stressing and not taking that time out really didn't help with my recovery. I think I, I still find that now, you know, when we go around the unit and invite people to come to these sessions and sometimes the look on their face is, I'd love to come, but am I going to get judged for leaving my baby? I think that's a concern. You know, we do try and tell them that just taking that time for yourself, you know, if you're mentally in a better place from just talking and having that five minutes where you can find yourself again. One of the mums that I really admired when I was in neonatal was Nicola. She is mum to twins, Chester and Charlie. And she was always so calm and so collected and so measured. And she was really good at taking that time out when she needed to. As much as you wanted to stay, you couldn't. Um, so you'd find yourself there till 10, 11 at night sometimes. And I went twice a day. I didn't do a, like a stint in the middle of the day. I did morning on my own and then I did 
evenings with Liam, some evenings on my own. But it's the pulling yourself away, knowing you need to go home and get some rest, otherwise your milk flow won't be good enough. But you don't want to leave. Do you think that knowing knowing that you were breastfeeding and expressing and do you think that gave you the push to go home as well, to, to look after yourself a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, because I, I, my flow wasn't overly good anyway and I just, I knew that I needed to get my flow up for them. So as much as it hurt me to leave them, I knew it was the right thing to do in the long run because I needed myself in good health to, to look after them. I've always thought it must be really hard because obviously I was in hospital the whole time. So I never went home. Fred was out before I was. Um, but I've always thought how hard it must be to have to make that phone call in the morning to check they're all right. I made that phone call. Some, so say sometimes every now and again, if I said, right, I'm having an evening off, I can't go, I need to rest. It was that evening phone call because that was a guilty one that was like, I'm ringing to check my babies are okay because I haven't been this evening. You already feel guilty enough for thinking, why did my body do this? Why did it let them out so early? I think whatever situation you're thrown into, even if it's out of your control, you're still going to feel guilty. But you seem to have remained so calm. What's your secret? I've always just, just on, even on the, Facebook twin groups when mums are stressing about various different things I just try them and ask them to just stay as calm as you possibly can because being out of your mind with I know you don't stop your worry but you can push yourself too far and you're no good to anybody if you don't remain calm and see all the logic behind what the nurses are doing because all you see is somebody potentially putting your baby through a bit of stress or a bit of pain but you you just have to look at the bigger picture and the reasons why they're doing it and it's to make your babies healthy. For lots of us though that ability to take that step back just doesn't seem to be there in that moment when your whole world is just colliding around you. Charlotte spoke to us about her struggle with breastfeeding and comparing herself. I sat on a machine they give us up in the unit that we're on upstairs. It was like this contraption and I was like sat and the woman came and showed us and I don't know how many people helped squeeze me boobs and put this on and that on kind of thing. And I was just like, I need to do anything I can do to get him some weight on to benefit him from what I can give him for like his immunity and all those kind of things and a bond at some point if we, we actually then breastfed um but yeah it was just a cha- it was just a, a, a big challenge for me because it didn't come naturally for me I didn't there was other people who was producing pots and pots and pots and I would sit there and be up in the um the pump in the neat like the unit and making it go faster or slower. I was taking supplements. I was having oat milk. I was having this. I was all the old wives' tales. I was doing everything um, just to have that supply. And I did get to a point where he was on my milk exclusively. So I've always got that to, as a, a bonus to fall back on. It was just when he then came out, it just didn't It didn't quite continue to work Um despite him getting his tongue um, cut, going to different consultations, doing this, doing that, 
buying different pumps, different this. Spent a fortune on gadgets and gizmos and brewer's yeast and you name it. Um, But yeah, it was another thing that I just thought, I need to do this. I need to be doing everything I can to look after them and I need to be feeding them. Um, And then that just got made you more stressed and then you would be sitting crying going, I'm not, nothing. And then you would compare yourself to the other mothers and you'd put your stuff in the fridge and then the other mothers, they'd be like, they'd be on like their third and fourth tub of like storage and they'd be freezing bags of it and I'm literally keeping on top of it for the day but that was where I was ever at I would I never got to freeze any of my milk it was like the only one I got to freeze was the one that I spoiled <laughs> so it was like <laughs> yeah like getting sad over that I can't freeze my milk because I've not got enough and you just think looking back you just think do you know what I mean ridiculous you were giving them what you needed on a daily basis yeah, you do compare yourself to others. I think after everything's been so out of our control, the only thing that we think that we can control is producing milk, but it's not that easy. It's not straightforward. And we can still feel guilty about that. For sure. Like, there's so much guilt, isn't there, surrounding everything. I, I look back and think there was one thing that happened to me that at the time was really hard, but retrospectively... I am quite grateful for. And that's that Fred was discharged before I was. And that meant, unlike most parents, I didn't have to go home and leave my baby in neonatal. Mm. What was that like for you, Charlotte? It's the guilt of always just then leaving them in that car, even going for a cup of coffee at the end of the corridor when you knew that the, the nurses were there and he was totally protected and... That it was still the guilt of yeah. I need like I need to go for a wee or just a coffee off five minutes away from a bleep, um, and it just yeah it just moves into a different kind of guilt. So what what was that like? The actual first time of leaving him and going home and and not being close to him. The first night I just horrendous. It was I'd got to the end of the corridor and that was it. I cried the whole way home. Um, and that process didn't stop for the next like two, three weeks. Um, like I got through the drives, like it might have been five minutes, and then I'd start crying, and then like 10 minutes or whatever. But there was always a point of that it was there. Um, there was a, a sign, um, down Hunslet Road that was like, well, because it was always dark on the night coming home, and it looked like a rabbit, so that was the sign of. Yeah, I've left him kind of thing. It was just this random shadow on the wall. Um, but, yeah, I'd go come home and then, because and then I'd be trying to pump and then trying to sleep and then trying to keep me right so I could then make the milk and and then bring new stuff in the next day. It was just, yeah, it was like a just a treadmill that just, but, yeah, just having to leave your baby was just, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to have a baby and leave them and that yeah that still <laughs> still gets me now I can I can feel you know I can hear how hard that was and obviously now you know you know it was the right thing you know it was for the best but at the time that must have been so difficult one of the things that I really remember about you when we were both in neonatal was your dedication like there were some days even though I was in the same building I struggled to be downstairs with Fred for more than a few hours 
but you were, you know, you were really dedicated. You were always there with Noah. I did the, I put, I did the time because I thought if I'm not there, the nurses will tell somebody and then I'll have this black mark against my name because he's come early and then they'll be like, well, she's not coming in enough, kind of, so you're not fit to be a mother. I did it, but it was bloody, it was bloody hard. But just seeing your baby in an incubator is just the, is the hardest thing and having to leave all the time and... Do you know what I mean I put my I put myself through that, and some people just can't put themselves through that, which is totally acceptable as well. It's a yeah, it's a it's not one size fits all in that place. It is just a a whole mix of emotions, guilt, joy, sadness, anger, yeah, everything. Uh-huh. Having been a volunteer now for a few years and met the nurses and and met families of all different backgrounds, some some parents that are there and some parents that can't always be there, you know, there's no judgment from, from the nurses, from the other parents. The nurses understand how hard it can be for some people and how easy it can be for others. There is no one-size-fits-all, like you said, and it's, I think, a lot of the guilt just, it comes from within. There's no judgment from anybody else. Yeah, it's just one of those things, isn't it, at the time... You're so wrapped up in everything that you're just worried that you're constantly doing that wrong thing. Yeah. You know, to you at that point, everybody else looks like they're doing it perfectly, but you're not. But everybody feels like that. So in some way, you must be doing it perfectly to them. Yeah. (laughs) I've never thought about it like that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, In our next episode, we are going to look at going home. It's one of those things, isn't it, that we are all absolutely desperate for. To find out more information on anything you've heard about in this episode, do check out the links in our show notes. Unexpected Beginnings, the neonatal unit, is recorded in conjunction with Leeds Children's Hospital and funded by Leeds Hospitals Charity. As the official charity of Leeds Teaching Hospitals, they support NHS staff to deliver the best care for patients and their families. Generous donations have funded life-saving equipment, research, fellowships and improvements to the patient environment. Every penny donated helps to support the hardworking staff across the hospitals and enhance the experience of patients and their families. To find out more, head to leedshospitalscharity.org.uk. This podcast was created and produced by Under the Mast Creative Audio Productions.